my cousin, who is not running this year, showed up with kazoos and all sorts of stuff. So we had our own kazoo band, which, you know, is, is a good thing and, and different than the cowbell. You know, you want to you wanna mix it up a little. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1114, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, no sponsor today. Just want to wish you a happy new year. This episode, depending on when you're listening to it, may still be in early 2023. Maybe maybe you're 2025 catching up with this episode. I don't know. But uh, one way or the other, hope that things are going well in your world today. Hopefully, you know, the next the next weeks, months, years uh, go well also. And I just want to say I appreciate you. Uh, letting me be a part of your world at this at this moment. Whenever it is that you're listening to this, maybe New Year 2023, maybe, again, 2024, 2025, maybe June. I don't know. Whenever it is you listen to this, uh, glad to be part of your world. Hopefully something that I say or do or tweet about or talk about or whatever helps you in some way, whether it puts a smile on your face, makes you think, maybe, maybe in a perfect world, does a little bit of both. Uh, but one way or the other, Thanks for listening. I appreciate the the support. And uh, now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is a lady that, uh, I wish I didn't have to say this, but she has dealt with more injury insanity over the last few years uh, than most runners are forced to deal with in a lifetime. And probably to the point where a lot of us, and I would include myself in a lot of us, would have uh, thrown in the towel a long time ago. And... um, for many reasons, most of them positive, she is not like a lot of us. Um, all of them positive, but for many reasons, she is not like a lot of us. She's doing everything she can to get back out there again on a regular basis, and uh, it's it's a pleasure to be able to uh, share some of her story today, talk with her a little bit more, and to officially welcome Ms. Chris Murner to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us yeah, Thanks, Danny. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've been going to do this for a while, and then... I wanted to wait until we were good to go running wise. And then that just seems to continue to push itself off. So we'll do round two once you're back out there getting after it. Uh, but y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, if you haven't connected with Chris on the social medias yet, and uh, you want to continue to follow and, and cheer her along as, as she continues to work through some of the recovery that I'm sure, I'm not sure. I know we will get to at some point today uh, at Chris in both Instagram and Twitter. That's Chris with a K K R I S I N V E R M O N T at Chris in Vermont on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, she's also in the Facebook group. If you've been there, you've, you've seen her there and interacted with her and seen, seen some of the struggles she's had because she's posted about them. And uh, you, I know some of you have been cheering her on there as well. But uh, anyway, if you haven't connected with Chris, do so. It'll be worth your time. Dizruns.com slash 1114. Dizruns.com slash 1114. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. All the links, photos, and all the nine as per usual. So, Chris, uh, I feel like you've probably heard an episode or two. If not, you know, what, I, I won't hold it against you. But uh, it's the same question for everybody as we kick things off. And uh, I, I honestly, no idea. I, I have some idea. But I am not sure where you're going to go with this one. So we'll see if I'm surprised or not. Uh, but it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I've pondered this one a little bit because – uh, there's, you know, the races that you can reliably know you'll probably finish successfully. And then the ones that are always a little bit of a question mark, which which probably has been all of my races lately. But um, <laughs> I would say uh, I'm actually going to go half marathon because I feel like it's always a challenge. Um, and every time I get to probably a mile eight or nine, I'm like, wow, I am going to finish this. It's going to be great. And I, I think that's um, that's always been a, a you know, a welcome relief after sort of slogging through the beginning or, you know, as the case has been lately, just, you know, do I even get to the starting line, much less to mile eight or nine. So when I get there, it's always pretty great. And I'm looking forward to the day when I can get there and just know it's going to be fine as opposed to wondering. So it'll be great. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, 
It's uh, that was that was where I thought you were going to go. Maybe not the rationale, although I, I, <laughs> not that it, not not that I not like I put that much time and thought into into what your rationale might be. But I was I was thinking probably the half marathon. So um, I don't know that I know this. Maybe I do. I, I can't. I, we've we've been having enough conversations and working together long enough that sometimes it, it blurs the blurs the line a little bit. But uh, when did you when did you kind of get started in running? I know obviously it was before we got started together, or so, you know you, you didn't you didn't you didn't start working with me or start coming into my world before you even started running. So where where'd you get started in the sport? Well, I grew up um, as an athlete, and I played pretty much anything that uh, was offered to me. I um, started playing soccer when I was a little kid when there was only boys teams, and um, you know my dad took me down and said, "Hey, uh, you have to let her play. You know, Title IX's a thing, and she's you know she's allowed to play." So I was the only girl on my boys' team, um, you know, growing up, which definitely made me tougher and um, made me really happy to watch the growth of the women's sport uh, over the last you know 30 years or so. But um, it wasn't until uh, college, actually, um, when I actually uh, kind of had to give back my soccer scholarship my junior year because. My schedule just wouldn't allow it. I um, I was a, an engineering and, and physics major, and we had labs in the afternoon, and so the boys had all the early practice times, and the girls did not. Uh, so um, I couldn't graduate and play soccer uh, at that point. So um, gave that back, and then started um, you know playing intramural soccer with all my international friends, which was a blast, and then um, and then just started running, like actually as a stress release during college and found it to be so different when it wasn't as punishment, you know, from a coach, like, you know, you missed that. So run four laps or, um, you know, do sprints or whatever, you know, it was, um, it was time for me to kind of just get out and do my own thing in the stress of college. And so that's how it started. And it's sort of been, um, you know, something that's been present in my life, certainly to sort of sort out the spaghetti of the day, um, ever since. Right. Was, was there, was it a bit of a process at all in there? And I asked that from the perspective of, you know, as I've said before, like running, I was the same way as, you know, pseudo athlete, not a college athlete. I, I didn't make it to that, to that point, but you know, pseudo athlete growing up, but running was still always a, a punishment and running still continued to be somewhat of a self-induced punishment for a while until it finally clicked. Sounds like it wasn't too much of that for you, but, but maybe there was a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for me when it was on my own terms, it just was a release. Right. And I think it's continued to be that way, you know, as I um, as I, you know, went back to grad school and as I had kids and as we um, moved and life got more complicated, which I think when you're a college kid, you don't think it's ever going to be more complicated than it is. then. But as you find out, um, it is. And so uh, for me, it's just been sort of a constant um, thing. And I've had seasons where I've run more than others, but it's always been uh, sort of something that I've returned to over the years, certainly. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the beauty of it, you know, and, and, and again, I mean, I feel like I've, I've said this before, but it, it's, it's always poignant to me when, when talking to, to someone who's, who's been a, a, a team sport athlete for a long part of their lives. And, and especially, you know, with you, Chris playing, playing in college a little bit, like, you know, it'd be, it, it's, it's not impossible, but it's a little trickier to try to wrangle out, you know, 20, 22 friends to, to, you know, play some, play some soccer or, or, you know, enough to, to do a basketball league or whatever it might be. Um, especially like you said, life gets a little bit crazy. You move a little bit and all of a sudden you've got to find new folks and, and plug yourself into that, that area. But like running, man, you put the shoes on, head out the door. Um, maybe you pick up some friends along the way. That's always nice when you, when you can, but at least you're not tied into feeling like you need to have a group to still get that, that activity and, and the stress relief and sort the, the spaghetti out. Like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's with you wherever you go. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's been sort of the easy part, you know, and the joke that it's a cheap hobby, right? Because you didn't have to buy all the gadgets and all the things, but, um, but it is very portable uh, for the most part. And I think that's been, that's been fun. And certainly the social aspect has been great for me over the years and, and encouragement and keeping me sort of on track. Yeah, for sure. So fast, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say fast forward because that's not quite the, the way of, of getting there. But um, when we started working together, um, we were, you were preparing for a little, uh, Boston, Boston marathon situation. Um, or at least that was maybe that's not quite the time. I can't remember. I don't know. You, you'll, you'll clue me in. I'm sure you're, you're better with dates than, than I am. So it's just about everybody is better with dates than I am. Um, but, but from the, the time that, that you kind of started dabbling and running and, or not dabbling, but like you turned to running after, um, 
you know, kind of the soccer career was, was winding down and, and ebbing and flowing through, through the next several years before we got started together a handful of years ago. Um, you know, like you said, it ebbed and flowed a little bit, but any, uh, any big race highlights? I mean, you know, half marathons, a couple of maybe, I don't know, what, what was, what was kind of maybe some high points in those, those first, you know, however many years of, of running of your life? Um, I think, you know, I had no idea what I was doing when I was racing when I was younger. Like I just go out really hard and, and blow up and 5Ks <laughs> were hard. And that was, that's just crazy now looking back at that. Like I would just hammer it. And then I, you know, it was crazy because if I had just paced myself better, right. Um, things would have been so much, so much nicer in terms of the finish times and the, and the feeling about racing in general. But, um, as I got older and a little wiser and learned from other runners, as you do, um, I, I ran, uh, the Bix seven, uh, in the quad cities area when I was, my husband was stationed in the military in Missouri. And so, um, I was on the runner's world beginners forum at the time and, picked up some friends in St. Louis that I had never met in person before, which in the early days of the internet was really pretty sketchy probably, but um, <laughs> we, we crashed in a hotel room in Des Moines or I don't even know where we were in Iowa, Rock City, Arsenal, I don't know, somewhere. Anyway, and so we ran this race, which has the most ridiculous hill in the world in the beginning and, um, you know, and finishes, you know, right in like the Mississippi. It's crazy. It's, it's a great race and it's like the world's largest seven mile race, which I don't know that anybody else is fighting for. Um, but hey, that was, you know what, that, that's not a bad way to, you know, you get the title. You don't even have to defend it at that point. That's, that's not a bad strategy. It's true. And it was cool. I fell in with a bunch of army guys who were running with, um, you know, the flags they call a guide on and some other stuff and they were calling cadence and that was pretty fun. And, um, and that was like a big party and that was probably my first big race. That was just like, wow, it's kind of cool. And the, you know, they televise it. It's a big deal, mm. um, you know, for, for the quad cities. So that was pretty neat. And then, um, I had, uh, I had, well, I'm sure we'll get to all of the lovely ankle surgery saga at some point, but I had had surgery back in 2010. And uh, in 2013, I ran uh, Disney Princess as my first half marathon after being told pretty surely that I wouldn't run distance again and, and being able to work my way back up and raise some funds for the foundation uh, fighting blindness, which, you know, matters a lot to our family. My son is uh, visually impaired and uh, being able to do that really was a whole different shadow for me of running where mm. I could do this thing that I thought was really fun, but also raise money on top of that. And they didn't have official bids for princess. So I registered and then I contacted them and I said, you know, you have this thing, like, can I run this race and raise money? And, um, they were like in a scramble trying to figure out what to do. Like, Oh, should we send you like a, a, a singlet or what? Should, I don't even know what we should do, you know? <laughs> So mm -hmm. uh, it was really cool, though, and it was the, the first time that I got to kind of layer in some things that matter a lot to me. So that was that was really nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, and again, this is where we, we, we do fast forward a little bit, although although you, you brought it up, you know, some some ankle injuries, um, <laughs> which which is, is a bit of foreshadowing. Um, but but, you know, just, just to try to try to set the stage a little bit. Um, and, and keeping in mind that not everybody speaks fluid anatomy and, and that type of thing. Um, ankle, what, what was, what was, what was up with the first ankle surgery in, in 2010? Oh, the first one was in 95 oh, after, well, yeah, you know, back in the day, uh, after Way college. Back. Yeah. Right. And, you know, just sports medicine wasn't exactly, uh, in the state that it is now where college athletes weren't really, um, you know, we had a trainer and whatnot, but it wasn't as, uh, taken this seriously probably back then and certainly not in high school, you know? And so, um, I had initially sort of, uh, trashed my ankle playing basketball in high school and, um, and sort of just worked through it, you know, through college. And then after college, it really was a problem where it was really unstable and, you know, just repeated injuries and whatnot. And so, um, I had my first surgery right after graduation and just before my wedding and, I remember telling the surgeon, I was like, I don't really care what you do as long as I can walk down the aisle under my own power because it was about three months before my wedding. Um, and so I did, uh, which obviously was a good thing. And um, and was able to recover from that with really no issues until like 2008, 2010. And um, I had run in the morning and it was fine. And I wore like heels to work as you do and stepped down into my snow boots as you do in Vermont and uh, felt uh, tendon on the inside of my ankle just kind of released and um, had no idea what the heck was up with that. And it took a really long time actually to figure out what was going on. But 
landed in the hands of a very capable um, surgeon who did a couple of things to try to get it to settle non-surgically, and it just didn't work. And so um, I had a small surgery in 2008, hoping to avoid a bigger surgery uh, that didn't work. And so in 2010, I had the inside of my ankle um, sort of matching the outside of my ankle at that point um, and <laughs> had that sort of reconstructed. And um, and then that's when I really thought that running was probably out of the cards, but was hopeful that it wasn't. And, um, you know, by the time he released me, he looked at me and he uh, he said, you know, one day the birds will be singing and you'll be standing there and you'll say, I want to go for a run and you will. And that's great. So um, I was fortunate to be working with a great personal trainer at the time at the gym and uh, he he ensured that I was in the right sort of shape, doing all the little things, uh, which I've heard a few times around here. Uh, Supposedly they're important. It's I, 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 weird. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, and um, and so that did that got me back on the road, and and so by I don't know I probably started running again in late 2011, beginning of 2012 or so, and um, I was able to kind of build up to the half marathon, and then really had no issues and, and ran pretty consistently and, you know, until the, the marathon came calling after my, my big brother had run it a couple of times to raise money for the hospital where my son's a patient and, um, uh, you know, in, in, in genetic research into his particular condition, which is called Stargard disease. And so um, it, it's really cool. I ran for TMI and ear at, uh, at, at the hospital there called Mass Eye and ear. It's affiliated with Mass General, which is Harvard's big research hospital. And so they have a lab there uh, that does a lot of clinical trials and a lot of, um, you know, frontline research into uh, the cause of Stargardt's and other conditions. And so my brother was able to run, my friend Melissa ran, and everybody donated all of their money to re Eli's doctor, essentially, who's, who's in charge of research for that area. So that was really super meaningful for me. And, um, you know, my, my brother beat me to it, but um, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's kind of been a bond between us two. It's been really cool. So he's done it three times. Uh, I managed to do it once uh, and we'll see what the future holds, but it's uh, it's a really cool affiliation for us, obviously very personal, but, um, but also was a, a super challenge for me, which is when I got to meet you. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the the old uh, Boston Marathon a little bit in the in the before times. The, you ran it in 2019, so we started working together, but bit before that. Mm -hmm. um, but but when did you when did you decide? You know, like your, your brother's been doing it, and and uh, you know you support supporting his fundraising, which is which is great because it obviously, like you said, it, it has a, a very close fam familial connection to you as well. Um, but when when was it like? You know what? I think I think I'm gonna take on the, the challenge? Like, like how, how did that decision come about? Well, let's be clear. I had already decided before he jumped on the bandwagon. He just, um, <laughs> he was just able to uh, get his body Execute to cooperate quicker, uh, quicker right. than I was. Yeah. Uh, not fair, actually. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you know, he was never the athlete growing up. So I think he saved all of his prowess for the marathon. Unlike me, who kind of like used it up in my 20s and had to like <laughs> find it again in my 40s. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, we went to the uh, the gala for Bass Ioneer, and he came along, and um, he was sitting there, and they had a, a testimonial from one of the Mass Ioneer runners who was like, oh, my gosh, this was the best thing. It was so fantastic. And he was like, I'm going to do that. I was like, yeah, sure. Mm. And uh, uh, he did. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just jealous, and I always thought we'd, we'd managed to do it together, but he um, he did it around mine. Like, I think he did his in uh, 16 and 17. And then, um, and in 2018, nobody ran. Um, but we were still there, you know, cheering on the team and all of that stuff. And then in 2019, I ran and then he did the weirdo fall COVID mm -hmm. marathon in the fall of 2020. So, um, gotcha. yeah, so that's, uh, or was it 21? I don't even, yeah, 21. 21. Yeah. Sorry. So he did the no, weirdo one. Good. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't not talk about Boston at least a little bit. Get the, get the uh, experience from me. Although, you know, it, it, and this is where I think we mentioned this before we officially got started. Like, it's, it's a little awkward because, like, I kind of know because I, you know, we were working together, so like, I kind of know the story halfway well. Um, but, but how, you know, I feel like 2019 was one of those, I don't want to say unicorn years because you know, unicorn and the Boston Marathon kind of are connected anyway. But like, the weather was just about perfect, uh, or maybe uh, no, it was, what? No, I take that back as I now think about it. 2019 was the year that you had all of the weather. Like it was, it was hot and it was rainy and it was cold and it was, it was all the things, wasn't it? Yeah, they, 
they actually held buses on the common in Boston. And so, you know, they bus you all the way out to Hockington. So you get like, you know, 45 minutes of really thinking about what you've gotten yourself into before you get there. <laughs> um, but uh, that day was a lot longer than 45 minutes because they held buses at the common because it was flooding and they're, you know, they, they started the race and we were still on the highway on the buses. And I mean, it was a whole thing, but um, the sun kept coming out and then it would pour and then it was windy. And um, I remember being in Newton and one of the water stations, it was so windy that all the cups blew off and they were swirling around my feet. And I, because it's really contained and there's fencing and everything on either side of the course. And it was just like you were running through cups that were like ankle deep. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a weirdo weather day, but it was, um, you know, an experience that I will treasure forever. I ran with one of the team Einier, uh teammates, uh, his name was Kostos. He's a, um, a he was a visiting fellow from Greece at the time. And, uh, you know, we just fell in together and he's a, a brilliant guy and we shared a lot of conversation and, um, you know, he, he was waving and enjoying the whole experience like I was. And it was just, uh, you know, Boston's a rolling party. And it was one of those days where um, I saw a lot of people that I loved and cared about. And that just, you know, made it all the sweeter. And uh, unlike the half marathon, you get to mile eight or nine, you're like, wow, like I'm almost done. Uh, you get to mile eight or nine there and you're like, oh, all of the hard stuff has yet to come. And yeah, you, know, you get to mile we're, 20, you're like, oh, there's we're still a third of the way. And... We, still got, we still got some time to go. <laughs> yeah. And I had never run that far before in my life um, or since. But um, yeah, I had run like, I don't know, 21 miles on the course as part of the, um, you know, the charity day. They staged this amazing um, pre-race race and they don't let you start at the at the beginning so you don't go to Hockington they don't let you cross the finish line but you run um, a significant part of the course and they shut down the whole course in Boston and so um, you know you're actually there with thousands of other charity runners because that's the only other way to do Boston and so you know there's like eight or ten thousand people running this practice run a few weeks before the marathon and so that was really you know go time for me it was like well if you're gonna be able to do it you have to be able to survive today and let's see what happens and so sure enough um that was cold and windy and uh and whatnot but it was again like a rolling party because all the charities are out there and they all have tables and swag and dunkin donuts is out there with donuts which i wouldn't eat while running but you know it's cool anyway and um <laughs> and yeah and it just it made it really uh really supportive and really cool and and i don't know many people that are like yeah i want to do boston as my first marathon but I figured if it's my only marathon, uh, that's the one that I want to do. So that was pretty, uh, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was really awesome. Yeah. For for you who has who's spectated the race, has the connection with with your brother running it. I mean, it, it wasn't a foreign race to you at all. Mm -mm. Um, was it what, like I don't know quite the best way to ask the question, which is not uncommon around here. We'll just stumble into it eventually. But um, <laughs> you know, like. It was your first marathon, so from that side of things, like obviously big deal, pretty special. Um, but it's also a marathon that you're familiar with from from spectating and from being local and and and, and mm -hmm. all those types of things. So I guess I guess the the question somehow is 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 you know is knowing knowing the course as much as you did did that did that add to the experience and or um, you know I guess I guess what the relationship between being familiar, spectating, being there multiple times. And running it, like, did that, did that, not that you necessarily would know how it would change anything, but like, was that, was there a perspective there that was helpful um, on, on race day? Or, or I don't know if that question makes any sense at all. I don't even know if there's anything to that question, but <laughs> just kind of something that, you know, most of the time I talk to people that run Boston, they either have run it a dozen times, but that's, that's all they know about. I mean, that's, the, that's all they know about it, but like they've run it so often that like they've run it so often, or they've never run it, but they've never also spectated it. So it's like this whole new world and experience you're kind of in a, in a different spot than most folks that I can remember talking to about the race. And just curious what that, if, if there's any coloring of perspective because of, of seeing both sides of the race. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I actually, my cousin who I neglected to mention, my cousin Scott actually has run almost, I think close to 20 Boston marathons, oh. all for the liver society, which is actually one of the oldest charities that, that supports the marathon, um, and vice versa. And, um, so, you know, I, it's always had this sort of family, uh, lore about it. And, um, and I think, you know, there's something that's so Boston about this marathon that it's just part of the fabric, you know, the Red Sox are playing at noon and everybody's out in the streets and, you know, every neighborhood has its thing. And so, um, 
you know, I, I knew what I was getting into, but it is really different on either side of the fence, right? I think um, I love cheering for charity runners because the people that are at the front of the pack in Boston have zero shade that they're not going to finish, right? They're just going and, you know, they blow up and they do all sorts of crazy things. And, um, you know, you always see these heroic, like he crawled across the finish line. I'm like, he did not fuel properly. Um, (laughs) you know, there's like (laughs) all this stuff that they try to make into this amazing narrative. And for me, the narrative is, you know, four five, six hours back where like the six o'clock or six o'clock, six hour finish is the official one. Like you have to be there or you don't, you're not an official finisher. And then people stick around and they have a whole other society for those that are unofficial and people like welcome them in. And it's like a whole big deal. And so I think, um, you know, when you're cheering for those people that are at the back, they're really not sure if they're going to get there or, um, you know, have uh, injury issues or are on, um, you know, an adaptive sort of bib or something like that. Like that to me is where the story of the marathon is far richer. And, you know, they thank you as they're running. And, um, you know, this year we were spectating because obviously, um, you know, we knew several people running, you know, and, and not the least of them was, uh, you know, Chris. And so uh, my cousin, who is not running this year, showed up with kazoos and all sorts of stuff. So we had our own kazoo band, which, you know, is, is a good thing and, <laughs> and different than the cowbell. You know, you want to you want to mix it up a little. So, you know, we were like trying to figure out what songs we knew for kazooing and we knew all the service songs. My husband was an army musician. And so, you know, we'd see somebody running, you know, with uh, prosthetics and an army shirt. And so we'd, you know, kazoo the caissons and they'd look over and they'd be so excited. And, um, you know, those little things that you can do uh, and knowing how it feels on the other side, I think, um, you know, when somebody would, you know, yell my name or be like, you know, it's it, it, they, Boston is a uniquely supportive and yet sassy sort of like, come on, <laughs> like, you, like, what are you doing? You know, kind mm-hmm. of cheer, which is different and and great. And it's like the, the song of my people. So it, it works really well for me. Yeah. I can, I can get behind the, the supportive yet sassy unlike, you know, and, and, and nothing, nothing wrong with it, but like, don't tell me at mile 22, you look great. Like, no, I don't like, I need, I need the one that's like, keep going. You look like, you look like hell, but you're almost to the finish. Like, just keep going. Like, don't, don't, don't dawdle around anymore. Like that's, that's the support I need at mile 20. Don't lie to me. Oh, you you look fantastic. No, I don't. I know I don't. I, I didn't look fantastic at mile three. I definitely don't look fantastic at mile 22. Yeah. Some woman handed me a banana and was like, you need this. I'm like, um, I'm certain. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like you need this. You know, and I had this little girl in a tutu. She had to be like three and I was somewhere, I don't even know, somewhere in the twenties. And, um, and I, uh, and she, she had an orange slice and she was looking at me and I was like the only runner around and, and I, and she gave it to me and I said, thank you. And she said, this is my job. I said, I <laughs> thank you. And she said, yeah, yeah. And you have to take one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I will get bossed around by a three-year-old in a tutu all day. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Especially sure if they're that... handing out oranges in the, in the mile, to, in the 20 mile range. Like, uh, yes, yes. You are doing a great job. You need a race. Whoever, whoever hired you for this job needs to give magic. you a, give I will you a take more. that orange. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you get, you get through, through Boston, thanks to, in, in part to the, the, the tutu and the, the orange. So the little girl in the tutu handing out the oranges. Um, and you know, first marathon done and dusted, like, like what's, what's the thought process at that point? I mean, you know, and again, like, like, I, I, you know, first marathon is always a big deal. First marathon at Boston, probably a bigger deal. First marathon at Boston as a fundraiser for the organization that's supporting your, your son and, and his uh, condition, like probably the biggest deal. Like is the thought process like, all right, like maybe I'll do this again at some point, one and done. Like, like what, what are you thinking about the marathon, you know, in the, in the, in the, the, the post-race glow period? <laughs> It took a little while to, to get the glow up after, you know, your first marathon. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, for me, I, I definitely was like, wow, this is incredibly special. And sort of everything came together that weekend uh, to write a story that, you know, I, I wouldn't have believed, um, you know, for the good. You know, we, um, you know, we spoke at the banquet. Uh, I, I basically opened for Med Kaflesky, which you don't get to do on the regular. Um, 
you, you know, just a lot of really, really cool stuff in, in working with the charity team. You know, my husband went to a Celtics game with my brother, like just all of this really cool, amazing sort of soak it in. Um, and I, and I didn't miss it. And I'm so glad because I think at the time I was like, well, I'm not really sure that there's more of these in the cards, but it would be really fantastic if I can figure out how to do that. And so, um, you know, I had been dealing with some chronic ankle stuff leading into there, just lingering because it, you know, it had, it's always been a thing. And so I needed to tidy that up, but really figured like, hey, you know, I'd, li- I'd like another one. I don't know what my next one would be or if I just do Boston again, because it's so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's where my brain was, was like, wow, that was really cool. Um, you know, wasn't really sure where to go from there because I knew I needed to sort of focus on uh, some more little things and, you know, tying those up so that I could get stronger and know that, you know, it wasn't such a giant question mark, you know, going into the starting line, whether I'd actually see the other end, um, you know, which, which is the goal. Right. Right. Um, so, so, and, and, and you did, you know, you, you got the work done and, and took care of things that needed to be taken care of. And, and, you know, we fast forward almost a year to uh, the princess half marathon weekend of, of 2020, right before, everything everything yes. changed for for all of the reasons um and and you were you were down here on vacation with the family you ran the the, the 10k with your daughters which which um i know you were excited about and looking forward to and then you were running the the half marathon the next day on on your own um and 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 like what was so so you know, you're coming down ready to go. Like like what was what what was running like for you um at the start of Princess Marathon weekend? Where where were we at? <laughs> oh, so good, finally. Um so uh my friend Zane, who actually is the one that uh you know that that turned me on to uh you know, you know, you should this you, this is the guy that should coach you because so I was some schlub know. that flaps his yap and talks about running, right, right, right. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh which I had no idea. Like I didn't care about the podcast. I was looking for somebody that was gonna like uh be sure I got to Boston and finish because mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Uh essentially. But um, you know, it I met Zane in the morning and it was like, Yeah, the ten K was great and the girls were great and we had a fun time and um, it, you know, it, it, he was ready to go. The weather was pretty perfect. And I was like, yeah, don't run with me. You're faster than me. Like go out and, you know, PR this sucker or whatever. And, and it was like a perfect day for that. You know, it was, I don't know, it was cold in the morning, but it was going to be like 50 mm-hmm. something, which, um, you know, it's pretty ideal. And, especially um, coming from Vermont in February, like it was, <laughs> it was downright toasty. It was probably like 80 degrees warmer or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so people were like really cold in the morning and I'm like, oh, this is this is so sweet. It hasn't felt like this since November, you know, and um, and I finally had kind of gotten all the ducks in a row, like the chronic stuff was behind me and um, it was really like the first season of pain free running I had had since, you know, probably five or six months before Boston. And um, and I was just super happy. You know, I think um, I started out and everything was great and it just felt like a good morning to, to have a good morning, you know, and I was going to see you, I was going to see my husband, like, you know, all the things, the kids were all sleeping in cause they're smarter than me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I was, I was looking forward to a great race. It was, you know, and it certainly was, um, you know, the first part, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was okay too, cause I finished, but, um, but yeah, it certainly wasn't the race that I had anticipated. <laughs> Yeah, not th- to to put it mildly. So I was <laughs> I was out on the course spectating and and saw you at whatever three mile three three and a half something like that just just before um, everything changed. So so you're running um, just just to to paint the picture for everybody. Um, you're you're running underneath the, the tunnel that those have run Disney races somewhat familiar with, but like underneath kind of getting up towards the Contemporary Resort. But you know for those that aren't, it's not. It's a, it's a road. You're running on a, on a road, like not, not that, that big of a deal. It's crowded and it's a little bit congested, but like you're, you know, you're running, cruising right along. Um, and then, uh, everything changes. What happened? Yeah. So I was actually, that part is always a little tight because it is an underpass, like a canal. The boats like mm-hmm. go over the top of it. So that's, it's rather steep and short. Like it just kind of ducks under and goes back up. So it's as close to a Florida Hill as you're going to get. Um, <laughs> and people complain about it and it's a whole thing, but I, I always feel like, kind of cocky about it because when you you know train in vermont that hill is not a real hill and so that is always where i feel like stronger and that i can cruise a little bit because you know a lot of people are you know are are not and so uh i do run intervals um at this point in my career because that's what enables me to to run so 
Um, and, and there's, you know, I, I don't mind that it, it's, I'm, I'm very diligent about it. I'm actually way faster probably with them, um, than without them at this point. But, um, yeah, so I was all the way over the left and I was on sidewalk, which was new. Like they didn't used to have a sidewalk there. So that was cool. Um, and it wasn't crowded up there and then it got a little more crowded. So I dipped down on the road as we were coming up the steeper part of the hill. And, um, there was a group of people in front of me and a woman, um, I didn't signal that she was stopping. She didn't try to move over. She was literally right in front of me and everybody around me was running like at full pace. You know, and, you know, there was not, you know, the people that could run up that hill were running up that hill. And right. so I was part of that pack and she just stopped dead in front of me. I have no idea what she was doing. Um, but in a split second, it was like, well, like I could just run over her, um, which, you know, in hindsight, probably hindsight would have been better. Would have been, better to, would have been the option. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how many people have said it. You should have just trucked her. Like yeah. she was smaller than me. I said me, that you know? like in the moment. Yeah. You know? I think you did. Like, <laughs> why didn't you? Yeah. Because I'm trying to be a nice human. Um, uh, and, so, you, and, you, and you've got the, the college athlete in you like, oh, I can, I can duck around. No big deal. Well, and you I know. ducked around 412,000 other right. people because right. it's Disney yeah, and exactly. it's always crowded. It's Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like a normal thing. Like you're just kind of, you know, bobbing and weaving around people, but I didn't have time like this time. Like there was just no, I mean, and we were running too fast, frankly. Like it was, you know, you were trying to go up a hill. So you were like putting all of your effort into that. And, um, so when I, I stepped out to the left to go around her and my ankle, instead of just, you know, kind of rolling over like a normal human, um, spun around kind of on its axis, so to speak. And, um, kicked my, my heel out around. And, um, I felt like two things pop and some grinding and something pretty gross. And I was like, Oh, geez. Um, and you know, she looked at me and she's like, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I can't talk to you. <laughs> um, and I never fell like, you know, I, I, you know, I went up on the sidewalk and I got on the grass and I was like, what the heck? Like, what, what am I going to do? Like, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what to do. I was so mad. Um, and I, I clapped my hands together and I was like, cause I always run with my handheld water bottle and, uh, I got back on the course and I walked up the hill. I was like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do and looked down and I was covered in maple syrup, um, as Vermonters <laughs> often are, uh, <laughs> stereotypically I run with untapped, um, you know, maple syrup and it was in my pouch of my handheld and I was like covered in maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, ducked into a, a bathroom and um that actually a real bathroom which is fantastic uh that happened to be at the top of the hill and um in the bus area or whatever mm-hmm. outside of magic kingdom and i washed off and tried to get my wits about me and try to figure out what i was going to do and um you know i knew that stopping wasn't going to make anything better whatever had happened it happened and it wasn't fatal you know it, it you know and i was just mad i had all the adrenaline in the world so i think i texted you and texted my husband and uh the like, yeah, guy, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I think I told you, like, I caught a ditch, which I did not do. Like, I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out what to say about what had happened, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you had left and my husband was over by uh, the Floridian at that point around the ring. So I, I went through magic kingdom and all of my pictures of magic kingdom. I'm like, what the heck is going on with my life? <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I did finish and, um, and then tried to figure out what the heck had happened. I, I texted, like the world's best PT that I work with. And he's like, ah, maybe it's just a little tweak. I'm like, yeah, definitely not. Uh, mm. <laughs> but I'll see you Friday. So um, thus ended my day. And, and fortunately I had packed my tape kit because uh, he has taught me to self tape, like, you know, I think like seven different ways at this point. <laughs> so um, I knew how to stabilize that uh, pretty well, at least to get through the week and get home. And cause we still had like three days of vacation left, which, right. you know, is exactly what I wanted to do on vacation. But um but yeah, so that that was the the saga of of how all of this this started. <laughs> and um, to to try to like like I I still can't wrap my head around what I mean I know what you did, but I I can't figure out how what you did resulted in the injury that you had. But um, without without getting too too deep in the weeds, I mean basically it was like it's like a football injury, like a like a high ankle sprain that basically only happens when you're getting landed on and rolled up on by like a 350 pound dude that's trying to, to tackle you. Um, and even then when that happens, usually there's a fracture, there's some type of major dislocation. Like, like the, the, the fact that you're able to continue to the race is kind of mind boggling to, to me and to pretty much every medical person that you've seen since then and tried to explain what was going on. 
um, which which kind of leads to to the recovery process that is still ongoing to almost three years later of multiple surgeries, multiple things. Um, at, at what point did you realize? And maybe it was early. Maybe it was it was a while through the through the process. Um, that like this was a major thing. Like like you know not not that it wasn't like I don't think you ever thought it was just a little tweak like I did and like the PT did um, because we could pretend to understand how you could have done what you did and still finish the race. Um, but when was it like oh this is this is a major deal that that who knows how long it's going to take to work itself through. Well, I knew in the moment that it wasn't a good thing. Um, right. You know, because just the way that it felt, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily like as much painful as like I knew stuff had ruptured. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I was like, that that's what that is. I know what that is because um, it wasn't the first time I'd felt that. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's that's not good. So um, I think it was probably when I got home um, and I went to see uh, Harry, my PT, and I was like. All right, I have to, I have to take tape off before I go see him. And I remember I was standing in my kitchen and took tape off and tossed some trash. And um, um, and I was standing in front of the coffee pot. And I remember it felt like I was standing on a water balloon. And my heel like shifted out from underneath me. And I was like, that, 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 I've never felt that before. <laughs> because essentially I had, you know, torn everything on the inside of my ankle. So there was like nothing really stabilizing anything at that point. It was really unstable. And it was... Um, obviously not super comfortable, but also like what the, you know, how is that even a thing, you know, at this point? Um, and so, you know, went up to see him and he called it right away. Like he knew, you know, what it was, I think, mm-hmm. um, before anybody else did, but you know, it wasn't, but like a few days after that, that COVID shut everything down. So it delayed, um, pretty much everything from that point on in terms of, uh, you know, getting, getting quick care, certainly. So at, at, at this point, to fast forward to today, hmm. we're three surgeries in or four? I lost track. I, like, that's how ridiculous this whole process is. Three. Three. That's but what the, I thought. But I, know, I, I, fair, I, was like, but I could have forgotten one somewhere in there. That, that yeah, wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, yeah, it brings the total to six. Right. So three before, three after. Three after. Um, and... and Along the way, there's been what feels like a few a few times where we're like, maybe maybe this is this is this is getting there. We're getting around the corner. Um, maybe there's there's some hope. Um, and then and then last summer, kind of against all odds, um, and like last summer, I mean like a handful of months ago, um, you know, you're like, what do you think about running the covered bridges half marathon? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. And yet you you, you managed like the, the stars aligned. When that happened, what what was what was you know obviously there's a little bit of training that went went into it leading up and and I know I'm fast forwarding through a lot of the story but there the several stops and starts and a couple of times we thought we maybe had it and then mm-hmm. something goes sideways and it's it's been a whole a whole saga, um but but you know what what was what was going through the mind when when like maybe maybe this this half marathon can happen and we did some training for it and and again there were some stops and starts there were some days that you had good some good runs and then you couldn't run for a week as uh, afterwards and. Um, you know, kind of what, what was that buildup like for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it, the last surgery that I had in October, um, you know, was pretty extensive, but it was also October of 21, just for those uh, who are keeping track. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, and we, we actually, um, went back to the scene of the crime, so to speak for our 25th wedding anniversary trip. Um, and we went to Disney and, um, actually was, you know, I saw you there too at that point and, you know, was able to walk around and like mm-hmm. felt really optimistic that things were, you know, finally sort of fixed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but then, you know, started getting back into like some more uh, aggressive PT and really started getting into, um, earnest weight bearing with a little bit of impact and starting those things. I, um, developed, uh, nerve issues that were pretty significant that kind of derailed things for a little bit, but, um, wound up finding some medication that helped at least take the edge off and, um, you know, and started working my way back into running like very differently, very sort of day by day, as you said, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, so I think, you know, I, I started, I think running at the end of February, maybe beginning of March, I don't know, and the race was beginning of June. And so, it was kind of a quick um, ramp up, but I, you know, I, 
I'd been doing my best to stay in shape with walking and biking and all those things as I was able, um, you know, through the last few years. And, and so it wasn't awful. I mean, you know, I was a little slower, like ticking my time. Um, but just grateful. I mean, so grateful for every run because it was never guaranteed, you know, and there were times that I had to bail when I started and, um, and whatnot, but just, you know, I, I know at this point, like it's never guaranteed and always just, um, special when I'm able to get out there, especially when I get out there and I enjoy it and it's fun. And so I just celebrated the the heck out of that race. And, um, you know, it's a special race for me, uh, because that's actually the town where I grew up in. It's, um, uh, so I know a lot of the volunteers and they work the same stops every year and I've run it, you know, a few different times over the years. And so, uh, my cousin Scott ran it this year actually <laughs> as well. Um, and so it was just fun, you know, to be there and, and, um, Carrie from tribe was there to like cheer me on. And, and that was special. Uh, you know, it was just, it was just great. I, I, you know, had my friends like all give me songs to play. And I thought about them when I was out there and, um, and just had a blast. Um, but it, it was dicey, you know, because the, the nerve stuff means I really don't feel well from my knee down and, um, and it's not super comfortable all the time and, and whatnot, but, um, but it was great. And, you know, I was able to, to finish that. And then, you know, the things kind of started slotting then probably back down to where I am now, I guess, if I look back on it. Well, and, and you say you were able to finish it, but, but, from where I was sitting, I mean, the race went probably about as well as we could have had any, <laughs> maybe even better than we had any, any business hoping for. Right. I mean, you, you, you ran well that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I think three minutes slower than the last time I ran it in 2019. So right. <laughs> after, after more or less not running for, for two years, I mean, yeah. you know, like, yep. so, you know, it, it, again, it, at that point, like things are still not right, but, optimistic. I mean, you know, you just ran a half marathon and, and, and pace wasn't too far off of, of the last time you'd, you'd run it. Um, and, and I mean, we weren't even sure you'd, you'd like, there was a chance that you'd show up on the morning and not be able to run at all. And like, like at any point it could have gone sideways. Um, and then, you know, so, so I kind of feel like, at least for me, from the, the coaching perspective at that point, like, all right, well, like, you know, <laughs> we, we've got it, we got a little bit of progress here, hopefully, you know, and it's, it's still touch and go, but it, like, seems like things are, are trending up. Um, and then it's, you know, fast forward six months later and, you know, th- there hasn't been that much running since then. A couple of times, li- little, little bits and stops and starts. Um, so, so where are we at? And I know this answer, but for those, those listening, <laughs> kind of where, where are we at with, with the ankle and the recovery and the nerves and, and everything that's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we should have done the podcast then, Denny, because like, you know, if you're looking for right, optimism, yeah, I mean, we could have had that high note that we were hoping for. <laughs> like June 8th or something would have been like, yeah, we could just <laughs> high five each Perfect other. Perfect day. Right. Uh, yes. Um, the birds were singing indeed. Uh, but yeah, you know, it just kind of, I, I really struggled with medication and being able to take it. It made me very foggy and um, I, I can't, I can't function that way. Right. And so I, um, you know, I've, I've played the medicine game of like switching things up to try to take care of the nerve pain and, and different issues there. And, um, you know, and it looks like there's some pretty chronic stuff going on. I'm still in the middle of, of testing um, and trying to nail down exactly what potential combination of things is going on. And, um, you know, I, I ran 10K uh, in August with Carrie in Maine. That was a good time. Um, again, drove all the way to Maine, not knowing if I was going to be able to run. Um, got up that morning, not sure if I was going to do it. And I was like, well, I'm going to start. And if I start, I always finish pretty much is what I've decided. So, um, and it was like a thousand degrees. It was crazy, but we, um, we had a blast and she had a killer race. Um, and I was just happy to finish. Uh, but again, only like three or four minutes slower. And the last time I ran that one was 20 years ago. So somehow once I get going, I, I get going, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I really, I think the last time I ran was in October, um, things just too dicey at this point. Like they just don't feel right. Like I'm not getting the right signals for my body to know or, or to enjoy it really at this point. So I'm hoping that all that stuff will uh, sort itself out. I've actually had some pretty early returns. Uh, good luck with acupuncture. And, um, you know, I, I was like the first skeptic to say, I didn't know that that would really help after I like, I've gone down like sort of every medical road I can at this point. But, um, but sure enough, I uh, actually went back to my beloved PT and he was like, yeah, your body's responding differently. This is working. And so it's the first relief I've really had, I think, um, you know, in the last year or so since all the nerve stuff started. So, it, you know, I, 
I don't know that this is like what I would call the celebration uh, podcast, but I'm at least hopeful that that, um, you know, that looks like that that might actually be a pathway where, um, you know, it's not just covering up symptoms, which I think is, you know, the med route for this sort of thing, but maybe alleviating them, which would be phenomenal. Yeah, it, it absolutely would. And, and that's certainly the hope. And, and, and yeah, when we do the celebratory podcast somewhere down the, <laughs> down the road, you know, hopefully this, this is, hopefully we'll be able to look back and, and all the times that we thought maybe uh, this will be the one where, yep, this, this, this is the time when it, when it turned the corner um, and, and start getting back into it. But as, as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping up for, mm. for this one, for part one, before we do the <laughs> celebratory one in the future, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, um, I don't know what the right word is. Inspiring maybe is, is right. But I mean, just, just your, your determined, determinedness, doggedness, your dogged determination. There we go. Well, we'll get there eventually, um, to, to keep, keep working, to, to keep trying different things. You know, even, even when it's been stuff that, that, you know, with the acupuncture, like, I don't know. Um, and, and some other things that you've, you've gone through that we've talked about, that's kind of like, I mean, I don't know, but like at this point, like, are we, we're willing to try just about anything. Um, and, and kind of like I said in the intro, you know, I think a lot of us, and, and I, I wish I didn't lump myself into this category too, but I think I would like, would have just kind of thrown, thrown, thrown our hands up. Um, and, and, and I don't know that I've ever asked you this. Maybe I have, maybe it's kind of kind of across in some of the conversations we've had, but, but why, why are you like, why keep going? Like, like, and maybe there's no other choice. Maybe that's part of it. To, you know, like you got to live, but, but why keep trying to get back to running? Why, why is that something that's, that's still something that we're, we're working towards when just about everybody is like, yeah, no, that's probably not going to happen. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't know that I think about that as a, as a choice really. Right. Like I think that's my default is to get back and, sort of the, the second best plan is not, right? So mm. um, I, for me, I think, you know, once it, once it was really apparent that it wasn't a sports injury, right? This was something that, right. you know, I, I would like to be able to, you know, take my daughter shopping or, um, you know, go for a walk. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it has impacted everything. You know, it's, um, it's, it, 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 there is that point where it's like, well, it's not really a choice. And, um, you know, in the nerve condition that I'm dealing with is you stop moving, you lose function and that's not an option, right? I'm, you know, 49 years old. I, I hope that I've got, you know, many more years ahead of me with lots of active things to do. And, um, so, you know, I obviously, I, I kind of can't, you know, just kind of right. call it a day. But beyond that, I think, um, you know, it's part of my identity. You know, I've, I've always been an athlete or, um, or at least, you know, <laughs> one that's on my way back to running or whatever, you know, throughout my life. And so I'm hoping that that's still in the cards, you know, and we'll, we'll, what remains to be seen. But I think, um, you know, it, it, it also, I think when you've not had it, you realize why it matters to you more than if it just is hunky dory all the time. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, so, I mean, I think, um, I think either way, I'll be grateful for what the sport has given to me over the years and the people that it's brought into my life and, um, you know, and, and just the sort of uh, mental pictures that I can conjure up when I think about it. Uh, and I just, yeah, I hope that there's more of that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, like I said, when we do, when we do round two, we'll be able to reflect <laughs> back on all that has, has happened, um, you know, between now and, and that point. But as, as we're wrapping up the, the philosophical question for the day outside of my normal mm. realm of philosophical questions, we'll get it. We'll get into one of the normal ones next time or one of the, the standard ones, if you will. Um, but, you know, having a few tastes of running over the last couple few years, but, but really, you know, realistically, if we were going to talk about, you know, like it hasn't been much running in the last, in the last few years. Um, what do you miss most about being able to, to lace it up and head out the door? Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's, you know, just the, the standard, you know, two, three miler, you know, be- before you get the day going or whatever. But, but what do you miss most about running as we're wrapping things up today, Chris? Um, I don't know. Uh, hmm. I think probably what's the, what's the laundry list of things that you miss <laughs> about running? <laughs> so many things. Um, I think probably it's just the rhythm that it gives to my day. And, um, you know, being able to just kind of 
Uh, you know, I go back to the the sort of just the the mental space that it opens up, right? I think, you know, there's plenty of memes and things that are out there that are like, you know, every bad day is made better by, a, you know, even a bad run. And I think, you know, that's, that's true, right? And I think, um, you know, it also, uh, at this point now, when I when I get one in, it's like, wow, like that, that's something, you know, and it, um, and it makes me feel grateful. And I think gratitude unlocks so much right in your day. And so when your day is really negative, which it definitely can be, um, being able to do that and know that your body will give that to you always makes me grateful that like, okay, today I got some cooperation. That's pretty awesome. And, um, and it just reframes, you know, the day that even as bad as it is, like, um, or whatever that, you know, today, you know, I, I was able to do this thing and I'm not usually able to do it. So I think for me, it's, um, it, it reframes it when I'm able to run, uh, sort of in a bigger picture, but also just to have, um, you know, the little, you know, 30, 45 minutes to be able to just kind of, uh, sort through things and, and, and the rhythm of, of, of pace, the rhythm of the time, the rhythm of, um, you know, just being outside. Um, and, and I'm fortunate to live in a very beautiful place. So it's, um, it's always just a nice sort of refreshing, clean, you know, go at it. Right. Right. Well, hopefully 2023 will be, will be the year <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll get back into that rhythm, get back to, uh, being able to get out there and, and not wonder is today the day I can run, but it's just like, yeah, today's the day we're going to go run. Um, and y'all, if you want to continue to follow along in the, in the, the journey and maybe cheer on a little bit from the sidelines at Chris in Vermont on Instagram and Twitter. Again, that's K R I S in Vermont on Instagram and Twitter. Disruns.com slash one, 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 four. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, again, photos, links, the whole nine as per usual. And, uh, you know, this will be, like I said, round one, we'll do, we'll do a follow-up at some point, hopefully soon. But once, once the running is, is a thing again, and, and we've moved on past this chapter. Um, but until then, Chris, thanks for, uh, for making the time today. Um, amidst all the crazy of life and some of that we didn't get into, which does, which is fine. It's always crazy. Um, but, but keep, keep on, keep it on, keep doing, doing what you can. Um, and hopefully one of these days, you know, some, some of this, this glimmer of hope that we've seen a few times with hope, maybe it's the acupuncture, whatever. Um, but get us, get us over the hump and get back, get you over the hump, get back out there. Um, so you can enjoy, enjoy some of those runs in beautiful Vermont again, but thank you for the time, lady. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I, uh, I may or may not have registrations, uh, you know, booked and, um, we'll just see whether that happens. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Chris and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's conversation. What was your, uh, takeaway du jour? Say it with me now. Du jour. For me, the, the the big takeaway from today's conversation, and and it bleeds into a little bit of of the relationship we have as as you know somebody that I coach, but it's just the the importance of doing everything you can, of doing the work, um, you know whether it's putting in the miles, whether it's doing the stretching, whether it's doing the 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 strength training or the foam rolling or or getting the the sleep, um, you know there's there's no substitute for putting in the effort. Right, whether it's it's coming back from an injury, whether it's training for a race, whether it's preparing for a presentation at work, I mean, w- whatever it is, like doing the work is kind of an important piece of the puzzle. And there's been a few times without without bearing too much of the the the, the details that we didn't get into in the conversation today, where there's been there's been comments made by me, there's been comments made by others that have been part of Chris's team of like, dang gum, you you are just doing everything you can. And like, we're almost surprised because too often when, you know, somebody is, is injured and you say, do, do these, you know, 12 exercises at home. And then we'll see you again next time. Um, people don't do the work. And I raise my hand as being guilty of one that doesn't always do the work, you know, see, see my history of foam rolling, <laughs> right? How many times do I talk about the value of foam rolling yet? How often do I get down on the daggum thing and do the work? I could do better there. And, you know, just, just having the opportunity to know Chris, to work with Chris, and now to, to talk with her finally on the podcast, it's just it's just a huge reminder to me that sometimes, it, you know, you may not feel like you're getting anywhere. Sometimes the, the results or the impact of the work aren't readily apparent. 
Um, but there's there's no way to get the job done at some point without doing the work. Now, maybe it takes a little while to figure out the right method and the right tools and the right this and the right that, but you got to do the work. And so that's that's my big takeaway today is just just that reminder as we're, you know, at least as this episode comes out, we're in the new year. Um, you know, if I want this, if I want 2023 to be my year or 2024 or 2025 or the 2020s, the decade, got to do the work, got to do the work. And nobody can do that but me. So that's my takeaway today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com and type away to your heart's content. Share all your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there. Likewise, you can head over to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 1114. Dizruns.com slash 1114. Get you back to the show notes today. A couple of photos, some links, and that comment section, of course, is down there at the bottom. Feel free to... Go, go to town. Feel free to go nuts. Do the work. Leave in your comments. And uh, I look forward to hearing what you have to say and replying in kind. But whatever works best for you works for me. Social media, email, show notes, carrier pigeon, whatever it is. As always, would love to hear your thoughts from today's episode. Once again, no sponsor today. If you want to support the show, there's ways. You can, you can figure it out. You're smart. If not, just, you know, next episode, I'll talk about some of those. But uh, for today, just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for, for letting me be a in your ears um let me be let me be a part of your your running world your running journey um and hopefully you know this year whatever year it is hopefully this year will be a good year for you and if you are listening to this right about the beginning of 2023 happy new year let's have let's have a year shall we let's do the work and have a year anyway on that note thanks for listening thanks for the time and attention thanks for taking chris and i with you today and until next time y'all be well take good care thanks one more time for listening and uh we'll talk soon right later y'all